Oh my goodness! It it makes I I I enjoy that. I enjoy it so much. That was a that was a hunk of music that uh, this guy uh, listens to the podcast. He made that's you know what that is in my mind. I was uh, in the middle of like a 1980s kung fu montage. Like I was training. Like I was running on the beach and I was chopping down a tree and like lifting it over my head and practicing my kicks. That's we. Uh, that's a good hunk of music. I enjoy it. I don't know how much longer. Uh, I'm just the reason I'm laughing is because it entertains me greatly. Now here, you guys, uh, gentle listeners of the Loftus Party, here's what's going on. That music is awesome, and I love it. Uh, but we might we might experiment with some some other stuff. We have got a crazy show for you. That's not crazy. Crazy's a, a bit of an overstatement. It's a lot of an overstatement. It's hyperbole. Uh, we sent uh, the Liberty Gimlet to a beer tasting festival. She's she's tasting a bunch of beers. These microbreweries. I don't know where she is. She's like off the grid, and she's hammered. I've just asked her to document the entire trip for the loftestparty.com and hopefully uh, we can make some kind of montage, recreate the events that led to her arrest. That's all I want to do. I'm like, I should start a legal defense fund. So sitting in with us this week, and this is very, very exciting for me, uh, we got we got Rick. Rick, how you doing, man? Not too bad, Michael. Thanks for having me on. How you been, man? I've been good. Now here's what I here's what I'm doing. Uh, I, I was going to go with Martini Rick. I was going to say Martini. That was going to be your li- your little uh, nickname for the show. But I might go Kung Fu Rick just because that music has so affected me. Kung Fu Montage Rick. You know what? It's Kung Fu. I'm sticking with Kung Fu Rick. So you got Michael Loftus and Kung Fu Rick on the show today. That was amazing. Dude, uh, you're, you're, you're on air. And you're producing the cast. You've got that clip. We've got other audio clips. Holy, you know what happened? You know what you did there, Kung Fu Rick? What did I do? You, you quadrupled the value of this show. You have already, you stepped in, and within like 20 seconds, you've made the show at least 400% better. <laughs> well, you may want to hold that vote till the end of the show, but we'll see. <laughs> Okay, so here's uh, – I'm a little goofy. I'm a little goofy. Here's what happened to me uh, just to get everybody caught up. Uh, I'm very fortunate. This uh, I got a, a text message, phone call from one of the producers over at uh, Fox & Friends yesterday afternoon asking me if I could be on the show this morning. Of course I said yes because I was chomping, chomping at the bit to talk about – the double standard in comedy with about Samantha B and Roseanne Barr and uh, Stephen Colbert and and all of it, all of it, all of it. So that was that was also the subject of my video this week on YouTube talking about Roseanne and blah blah blah. So anyway, it it's been a weird weird uh, day for me because the, here's the deal, uh, Rick. They, they they had me on at seven twenty in the morning. Which is 4.20 here. Blaze it. And that meant uh, <laughs> I didn't even go to sleep. I just stayed up. And here's, here's how I know I'm getting old. Here's how I know I'm getting old. I'm living in Los Angeles, and, and Fox News is very nice to me. They, they send a car because I, 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 I just don't want to drive. I know I'm going to be sleepy. I want to think about what I'm going to say and all that stuff. So they're, they're awesome, and they send a car. So I get a uh, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm checking myself in the mirror to make sure I look okay. I get a text message. The car is here. It's 3.30 in the morning. So I go downstairs, and my neighbors are still partying. <laughs> they are still having a good time. There's still people hanging out. They're being quiet. They're being respectful. But they're still doing cocktails and sitting on the on the patio having smokes. And I'm like, man, that must be awesome. That must be awesome. It's good. Y- youth. They're having a good time. They're probably still asleep right now. Probably, but I mean, to be fair, I mean, we did that stuff once upon a time, too, before we could stay up past 10 o'clock. That is true. I ain't judging. And you know what? I doff my cap to them for, like, having the awareness of, like, it's 3.30. We should probably whisper as we do shots. That was nice of them because I know uh, back in the day when it was me, I'd be like, what are you talking about? We're not being too loud. This is fine. This is fine. So anyway. 
uh, that's what's going on. We're gonna we're gonna kick off the show with uh, the the big discussion about the double standard uh, in in broadcasting, and it's too funny. I, I had a I had a thing that I wanted to say on on uh, Fox and Friends this morning, and I didn't, and I didn't do it for uh, a real reason. I'll get I'll get into that later. I don't. I, here's the deal. I I value theloftestparty.com, the YouTube channel. And everything is like I'm playing within the rules. Like the the left runs big media; they run the entertainment. So I want to play within their rules. I don't want to fight dirty. I don't want to play mean because I, I I want to have a future in that industry. But there's something that I noticed, and of course, a couple Guy Benson noticed it too. My, my little insight uh, as to the problem with the double standard. But we'll get to that later. Just so we know, and just because I want to show off. I want to show off right now. We're going to play you. Uh, we, we we know what Roseanne said. Roseanne said that Valerie Jarrett uh, looked like, what was that like, if you crossed Hamas or Hezbollah? What did, what, what does she use there, Rick? She said if uh, Valerie Jarrett looks like uh, Hamas and Planet of the Apes had a baby. Yeah, if Hamas and Planet of the Apes had a baby, uh, it would look like Valerie Jarrett. Equals Valerie Jarrett. She, she truncated the joke for Twitter, and that's... That's to me the the big problem. She should have said, uh, you know, if if Hamas uh, and uh, Doctor Zira from Planet of the Apes had it, because it, whatever, it's everyone is saying it's horrible, it's horrible. And I tell you, ABC made her go bye bye. They they got rid of her fast, like within an hour, her show was canceled, and then they got her off of uh, uh, her, her syndicated show was gone. Whoever syndicates the Roseanne reruns on Nickelodeon and stuff, those were gone. They went total Yule Brenner, Moses, Moses, Moses on her. Let her name be stricken. No one shall write it down. Have it stricken from the pillars. No one will say the name Roseanne forever, my father. It, they, they, she, she got unpersonified really quick. So uh, she's blamed it on Ambien. She's blamed it on herself. She's apologized. And, and when someone on the right does it, an apology isn't enough. She's got to be uh, stricken from the record books. Now, right on time, right on time, uh, Samantha B from Full Frontal with Samantha B. Samantha B says this. You know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child. But let me just say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. He listens to you. Okay, so there it is. And that was awesome. Dude, that was awesome. I love playing clips like that. It's just, it's so much better than like me reading the quote. I'm telling you right now, Kung Fu Rick, you're crushing it, man. You are crushing it. Okay, so that was Samantha B uh, from Full Frontal with Samantha B. Now, here's the big difference. Here's, and this is probably where to go a little bit off the rails, but whatever. And I didn't, I didn't bring this up on on Fox and Friends, but th- this is uh, what Samantha B just said. Okay, Roseanne made a joke on her uh, Twitter account. Okay, so that's that's her Twitter, that's her social media, blah blah blah. That wasn't like an officially sanctioned. That wasn't like a line of dialogue from the Roseanne show. What we just listened to uh, from Full Frontal with Samantha B that was officially sanctioned dialogue, like TBS. They have censors. They have people who look at the scripts. They have people who read the teleprompters. That joke was, in their minds, good to go. TBS is like, yep, let's do it. And this is, and this is also the case. Remember, uh, do you remember when, um, uh, oh my gosh, Stephen Colbert said the only thing that uh, Trump's mouth is good for is for a, a, bl- for a blank holster for Vladimir Putin. You know, that whole thing. Yeah, that, I heard that too. That was C- CBS knew he was going to say that. They knew it. That's not live TV. It's not like it's not like Stephen Colbert or Samantha Bee just suddenly went rogue. And to me, uh, to me, that's what makes it really egregious. Really egregious. It's not like... It, it's not live TV. So they knew about it and, and they went for it anyway. Now here is uh, – here, here's what I want to find out because uh, Samantha B she didn't get in, in, in any trouble 
she she issued a, an apology and then she went out like hours later and got an award. I don't know who gave her the award for probably like for like uh, bravery and women's television or something like that. She gets an award and then she walks back her apology. And now you've got all these. And, and listen, uh, I, I, I'm a grown up. I'm a big boy. I have, I have no I have no problem with with uh, the C word. I'm not going to say it just because I don't like to cuss on the radio because I want to go back and add ads to this later. <laughs> I got I got no problem with uh, with people slinging around uh, bad words. Uh, but when she starts going into the whole uh, put on a low cut dress put on something slinky and get with your your yeah, dad that, like that what in the that was that was the really egregious thing to me so i want to back up for just a second if you don't mind only because you know your your listeners probably don't uh really grasp the concept of this whole they have monitors so i want to paint you guys a picture real quick think of good morning vietnam the guys that uh, robin williams character nicknamed humpty and or it was either heckle and jekyll or humpty and dumpty i don't remember which where stuff would come across the teletype and they're all black markers strike strike can't say this because national security can't say this that's what we're talking about when we talk about people on national tv that go through and approve things so what he's saying is they didn't mark any of that out. They they went with it, and they were fine with it. But Roseanne says something on Twitter and gets her entire livelihood destroyed. Even Viacom pulled her syndicated shows because of something yeah. she put on Twitter. Yeah, it, right? It's like and, – and and listen, and I don't know if, if this is really even worth mentioning, but like, it's, this isn't like the first time Roseanne's gone rogue. She has a long history of saying crazy stuff way before uh, tr- Trump was the president. And and I th- here's there's a couple weird things uh, with the Roseanne. Uh, they insist on taking it. They insist on on running with this narrative. She called Valerie Jarrett an ape. It's like they make it sound like uh, the tweet reads Valerie Jarrett looks like an ape or Valerie Jarrett is an ape. That's not even well. It is close. But it's, it's, it's not really what she said. If, if blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And here's the deal, and I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know Valerie Jarrett was black. You didn't like, either? I, I legit – no. I, 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 think I seriously had no idea. I had to look it up. I was like, wait, what are they – she's Iranian. And then I looked it up, and apparently her parents are African. I was like, I had no idea. <laughs> well, her, her mom is like a quarter African-American. She's a quarter Cherokee. I think that – I think that the, that's part of the thing with being successful – uh, in the Obama administration or in as the Democratic Party, you have to be like a quarter percent Cherokee. <laughs> you have to have some. That was a Pocahontas joke, Or at least, or at least pretend you are now. for Senate, you know. I yeah, know where you were going yeah. with it. I, you just... <laughs> so, yeah, it is uh, – it, it's it's horrible. So they're, they're, they're tr- trying to make it sound like – so, okay, Rose, Roseanne goes rogue. She says this thing, but I think it's a, it's a much darker, darker thing. When when CBS sponsors who look at the script go, yeah, go ahead and say that, Stephen Colbert. And when when, uh, you know, Samantha B does this, they go, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And then the list literally goes on and on. Wanda Sykes, who was a writer on Roseanne, who quit. She quit the show. She was the one that was really low, vocal in the beginning. She called Donald Trump an orangutan. And I guess you, you, then that's when you say this thing where like, well, it's different if a, if a, if a black girl calls a white guy uh, a name and says he looks like a monkey. But like Bill Maher on his show, more than once, he's asked Donald Trump, hey, you need to prove to me that your mom didn't have sex with an orangutan at the Brooklyn Zoo back in the 1940s. That's like his big thing, trying to get that the Donald Trump looks like an orangutan. They're trying to get that going. So it is a giant double standard. It's another one of those things where this is the another one of the wonderful things that happens by accident from the Trump administration because that's what I was on. Uh, Fox talking about it's like the left and this brings me to the bigger point a a more serious point I didn't say this uh, either it was in my notes Uh, I just never got around to saying it you've got let's just let's just tick them off you got Samantha B you got John Oliver you got Bill Maher you got Stephen Colbert you got the uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, dude and I'm sure I'm leaving some out but that's at least one two three four five that's at least five and I, I know there's a couple that I'm leaving out that all represent one viewpoint. Oh, Trevor Noah, 
Trevor Noah, and then there's another show on on Comedy Central. There's a ton. There's a ton that all represent one viewpoint, and no one's out there really representing the right, with the exception of would you would you say uh, Gutfeld? Yeah, I mean Gutfeld uh, is probably one of the only people that's on TV that's actually representing the right pretty well. Um, I'll, I'll I'll say I'll say this just really quickly. Uh, I. I I don't know if Gutfeld counts because here's what they do. They make it sound like uh, Fox News is just propaganda. They make it sound like there is no actual news there. I know there's a lot of opinion shows, but like they've kind of discounted Fox. I would I would make – and I don't want to disrespect uh, Great Gutfeld or Jesse Waters or anybody else who's they're, – they're doing comedic stuff on the show. Uh, but I, w- I, would, I would say that like that doesn't really count. I, w- I would say it's at least 10 shows to zero on TV. Actually, I forgot about Waters, but he would be another good one if if you were right. I, I mean, you are right about the fact that Fox pretty much gets gets discounted. The funny thing about that is, though, they're about the only network that actually has multiple viewpoints. I mean, they have uh, liberals on staff, they have libertarians on staff, they have conservatives on staff, and they're pretty much the only ones that do that. Everybody else is all left all the time. And, and, if, and I think I think that's that's dang, that's that's the danger that you you, you really and they, they've universities have done studies about this and Fox is actually fair and balanced. They actually do have differing differing uh, viewpoints. Uh, Shepard Smith is very critical of the president. A bunch of them are very critical of the president. But here here's what it is. I don't think uh, the left liberals want a comedy show like the one that I want to do. They don't want it on the air, and I've I've given this a great deal of thought, and I've I've settled on this. They really, in their in their hearts, I would I would make this uh, assumption. They think we are stupid, and they think we're evil. They they really do. They think we're just dumb, evil people, and they don't want to give uh, any oxygen to anybody fighting back to anybody like. Like how how dare you make fun of Nancy Pelosi? She is, and th- this is my my liberal guy talking. H- how dare you make fun of Nancy Pelosi? She's smart. She's noble. Can't you see she's trying to help you? And to make fun of her would be, in their minds, just pure evil. And that is what we're up against. That is what I'm, and I'm ready to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep. Uh, you know, taking my cause to the streets, but like you'd see people, uh, and I want to have him on the show. Kurt Schlichter, do you follow Kurt on Twitter? Oh yeah, I, I actually I met Kurt at uh, CPAC, that CPAC that you and I were at together because I didn't get a chance yeah. to last year, but I actually got to meet Kurt. Uh, one of my co-hosts, Dan, is like a huge fan, so he hunted him down and I got to meet him. <laughs> oh, that's he, he's a he would always say he always says this stuff on Twitter. You know, don't never forget uh, liberals hate you and they want to see you dead by ammo, blah, blah, blah. That's like kind of his shtick and it's funny, you know. However, I, I think there's a kind of a nugget of truth to that. Uh, like not that not that liberals want us dead, but it's like I, I think they see us as less than. And that's why and that's why the polls were wrong for Hillary. That's why you, you have these people who live in the in the the the, the D.C. bubbles and in the New York and Los Angeles bubbles, like these people who, who literally think we know better than you are. You will be better off if Hillary Clinton is president and you're just too stupid to know it. And they're trying to walk us through it. And, and a bunch of people are like, well, I don't want to be a socialist. I, I think the left has gone too far. I'm not going to vote for Hillary. I'm going to vote for this other guy, Donald Trump. It, it, it was a binary choice. It was a binary choice. And then when they – it's been over a year now. Of just daily attacks, 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 attacks. They are relentless. And so when you stand up for Donald Trump or you defend something that he's done, then they really look at you with horror. They really – and it's like <clears throat> you, you you talk to people on the left. It was like the, the guy I was on – I was debating on Fox News today. They can never say anything specific. They're like, oh, man, he's the worst. He's the worst. And you're like, how? How? Oh, oh. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a racist. How? Well, that, that, that stuff that he says on Twitter, which one, and they can never point to any specific. And if they do point to specifics, it's always out of context or misquoted. It's like the, the Mex, all Mexicans are rapists thing. That's not what he said. That's not what he said at all. And these, these news outlets know it, but they run with it. 
I, I've ne- I've never seen anything uh, like this. I've been I've been kind of following politics now for a while. I've never seen anybody. This is the most. And and I guess I don't think they would. Maybe they wouldn't be attacking him like this if he wasn't Donald Trump. If he wasn't like this this street fighting dude from New York. But it is crazy. Like the New York Times. Like this is great. Trump just had a, a rally like in Nashville or something, and it was packed. It was absolutely packed. You can see it with your own two eyes. And then and the New York Times goes, yeah, there was a thousand people at the Trump rally. And then so yeah. Trump calls him out. And there you go. Oh, Trump's upset about Trump's uh, about crowd size again. He's like, no, he's upset about you lying. And so then the New York Times, uh, they they go back a day later and they issue an apology. They retract it. They corrected it. Like, oh, our sorry, our bad. It wasn't a thousand people. We checked. We checked with the fire marshal, and it was like uh, five thousand people. <laughs> that's that's a, that's huge. That's that's a big like I'm a comedian, man. I can pretty much I can I can pretty much tell you the size of a crowd. There's 250 people around. I'm like, that's 250 people. But like to go a mm, thousand when it was really five thousand. No, that's if anything, you'd be you would have you would have gone the other way. You'd have been like, geez, there's got to be like 10,000 people in here. And then how hard is it to fact check? How hard is it to go to the the fire marshal the night of the event and go, hey, what's this building hold? Uh, It holds 5,000 people. Does it look full to you? Uh, It's totally full. We had to turn people away. Okay, then you should probably report there was 5,000 people there. You went out of your way to lie, to try to take a little dig. And this is where we enter the world of, and and this is what I was talking about, uh, on Fox this morning. This is where we enter the world of propaganda. These people, uh, these people, the the comedy writers, uh, the writers for Samantha B and Colbert and all the other shows and comedy, they are not trying to write the funniest joke. They are not. They are trying to write the funniest anti-Trump joke. And that is propaganda. If you're just trying to write a funny joke, then you're th- then now we're talking about art. We're talking about, oh, I'm going to get an emotional response. I'm going to get people to laugh. I just want to have the funniest joke. However, when you have an outcome that, that you want to have happen, you're like, I want to tell this joke and people will think this, that is propaganda. That is propaganda. And so if you're listening to the show for the first time, welcome aboard. But I, this is – you're being inundated with it. The media is like their their coverage of Trump is like ninety eight percent negative. Every political comedy show, every late night comedy show, it's all anti Trump all the time. They cannot. They just can't say good job, well done. And I don't know. I don't know how long they can keep it going. I think it's already started to crack where they're like, you know, because that's what I was on Fox today. Have they gone too far? Does comedy need a course correction? I think the average uh, American is beginning to sense it. They're, they're like, what? what is like, what is going so badly? And I know I've asked this question before on the show, but seriously, what is going so badly? The earth is still spinning. Uh, people are still creating businesses. Uh, the the freeways are are still standing. Like what with this presidency is is going so poorly? Uh, Rick, do do you know like any like never Trump people or or uh, big time liberals that just despise the president? Um, actually, I was never Trump once upon a time. Um, I actually didn't vote for him either time. I have done a one eighty. Um, mostly because of some of the things that you've been talking about right now. Because one of the things that nobody's taken into account when it comes to Donald Trump, all these people that were that are slamming him right now and eviscerating him for everything that he does and everything that he says, up until 90 seconds ago, they were his best friends. And everybody wonders why he's so mad all the time. These people were using him to bump ratings, using him to push books, using him to get, to, to get them money, and as soon as he runs for office, all of a sudden they all turn against him. And everybody wonders why he's mad. How would you feel? Isn't it crazy? You can just you can just go on Google and look at images of here's here's Donald Trump uh, with Jesse Jackson. Here he is with Muhammad Ali. Here he is accepting like an NAACP award. Here he is with Hillary Clinton. You know, it's like (laughs) and then all of a sudden it's 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 funny to watch. It's funny to watch. I mean, it's funny now because he got elected. But like the minute 
the minute you get the the nomination for president uh, on the on the Republican side of it, you are instantly racist. You're just like you're 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 racist Hitler guy. You take Mitt Romney carved out of cream cheese, nee 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 nee, and I'm sorry. Hate to tell you this, Mitt, but we just checked it, and you are a racist Hitler man. Sorry, and then Mitt doesn't fight back. They did it to John McCain. He didn't fight back. Bush didn't fight back. His dad didn't fight back. None of them. And that's what's glorious about Trump. That's what's. I can't say it. I love that he fights back. And like, and that's oddly enough, this is what I get from all my liberal friends. Uh, they're like his Twitter man. He's got to stop tweeting. He's got to stop tweeting. Like, why? Why would he ever what and rely upon the free press? <laughs> rely on the media for their accounts? No way, Jose. And that was one of the things that no way. Me, that was one of the things that turned me around because I used to be one of the ones dear God, can you just stop tweeting? And then I started I started looking at everything. The, everything he does, no matter what it is, the the majority of the media has a negative slant on it. It's so bad now that I actually saw Rob Schneider, who was formerly with SNL, slamming yeah. the fact that SNL is so completely anti-Trump now that he's like, it's no fun to watch anymore. Because back when I was doing it and when other people were doing it, you kind of figured they were going to lean more left, but they didn't really advertise it the way they are now. And I think that goes more to the point you were making a second ago. I, I think I think they've jumped the shark too much. Because nobody's paying attention to them anymore because it's like you said on Fox and Friends this morning. They're not telling jokes anymore. They're screaming obscenities into a microphone in, in, a fr in front of a room of people that already agree with them. Just wanted to prove to you that I actually watched. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's true. But, like, that's what it is. It's like it's th these aren't jokes. Uh, they're just, like, uh, opinions and, and they have the rhythm of jokes and they kind of sound joke-ish, but like, go put on a dress and talk to your dad and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then, oh, everybody applause. That's It's not a joke. You're just stating some craziness. But uh, the Saturday Night Live thing, actually, I was on uh, Fox talking about that too. And man, surprise me. I'm, I'm, I remember uh, Phil Hartman on SNL and he was their go-to – he was their – he was their their go-to guy with all these impressions. He did the funniest skit about Ronald Reagan. I know it's on YouTube because it was so completely unpredictable. Everybody's like, everybody would do their Ronald Reagan. Oh, I can't remember. There you go again. Where did I leave my all this stuff? Phil Hartman. I think he, he I think he wrote it. I don't know who he wrote it with, but it starts in the Oval Office and he's doing Ronald Reagan and well, I can't remember and he's taking a picture with a boy scout and uh they they get the boy scout out of the Oval Office and they're like, "How are you feeling, Mr. President?" He's like, "Well, that was a good picture and is he gone?" And they're like, "Yeah, he's gone." And then Reagan goes, "Back to work. Afghanistan needs more money." <laughs> he's the smartest man in the world. He speaks five languages, and he's it's the one of the funniest things ever. He, the people are like, how do you do it, Mr. President? How do you have this energy? Because I love this country. <laughs> he was just like this machine that spoke fluent Mandarin. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. So, and, and, and that, to me, I find more interesting. Like when everybody's going one way, and I've said it before on the show, when everybody starts grabbing their pitchforks and when everybody starts grabbing their torches, always take a moment, always take a moment and going, what am I doing here? Is this right? Am I just going along with the crowd? Am I, am I thinking independently? Am I making an emotional decision? And I tell you so many times you're going to go the other way. And that's what, that's what I love about doing this, uh, this show, uh, the podcast, the website, the, the YouTube channel, all of it. It's like the, the more I learn about history and, and issues and all this stuff, we're absolutely right. I mean, pol politically and, 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 you know, free markets and capitalism brings people out of poverty. You know this. We, we can say that these are uh, facts because they are. Entrepreneurship, small business, capitalism – has lifted more people out of poverty than any other time in human history. It's amazing the changes that like our way of life, the American way of life, capitalism has made on the world. We've helped so many people. And then you go look at socialism and it's like, okay, millions of people are dead. Millions and millions and millions of people are dead. China, Russia, Germany, uh, Venice, just when, when socialism and communism takes over, millions of people die. 
when capitalism works, millions and millions of people are lifted out of poverty and their lives are getting better. So uh, we just need a better spokesman. We just need a better a better message. And that's what I'm trying to do. It's it's mind boggling. Like right now, the uh, the jobs report came out. Those numbers are fantastic. And the unemployment numbers are fantastic and they've reduced regulations and it's easier to open a business. And and all these people can – all they can do is, oh, there's a trade war. Trade war coming. He's messing it up. He's messing it up. Here comes the trade war. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then you find – like – and if we negotiated a deal – and, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the, uh, the deep end of the pool here because I'm talking about economics. But like it just seems to me as like a casual Joe – uh, comedian guy, if you negotiated a deal uh, for steel and uh, and aluminum with all these other countries like 50, 60 years ago, you might want to look at that deal again. You know what? I know this about the uh, economies. They're kind of fluid and things change from day to day and from year to year and decade to decade. So there's a very good chance we are getting screwed. Let's renegotiate. Oh, there's a trade war. We're all going to die. I can't get avocado toast for under $7. It's ridiculous. I just, I feel like, I don't even, I think it was Monty Python or something. The dude that was always like, bring out your dad. I feel like that's been the left ever since yeah. Donald Trump got elected. He's just running through the street screaming, bring out your dead. Because there are so many things that were supposed to kill us by now. And yet we're not. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they, and they keep, and they keep telling us like, hey, uh, we all hate this guy. You should hate him too. And you're like, why? And they can't tell you. And you go, well, you know what? I'm good with it. I'm kind of – I'm good with the way things are going. Then they look at you with this d- disbelief and this disgust. They can't believe you're not on their side. It goes back to I, I really think uh, they believe we're, we're, we're evil and we're stupid. And they're like, how can't you get it? How can't you – under you, we all hate them. You're supposed to hate them. And you're like, well, I'm not going to hate them just because you, you tell me to. Why? Why? why, why? Well, because of his tweets and what he says, and it's, and they, yeah, they keep saying the sky is falling every single day. Oh my gosh, this was hilarious, dude. I did a uh, a debate down at the uh, Melrose Improv last week. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they had two comedians on the left and two comedians on the right, and this uh, this dude hosted it, and they're trying to sell a TV show, whatever. But it's like the. <laughs> I can't remember the her name. I think her, I think her name was Kira or something. Funny girl, uh, but she's she's going on and on about how uh, Trump is messing up the the talks with uh, North Korea. He's messing it up. He's messing it up. And I'm like, that's exactly what they said when he opened up these talks. Like when when Kim Jong Un was like talking smack about his nuclear button, and Trump goes, "Hey, I got a bigger button, and mine works too." hilarious everybody's like that's it end of the world end of the world and then all now all of a sudden kim jong-un wants to talk and uh they're like oh trump you're messing it up you're messing it up slow down and then trump sends him a letter like you're a jerk you don't even know what you're doing and then it works and now they're gonna now they're gonna sit down and talk and people people who obviously don't understand what he's doing then feeling uh, self-righteous enough to go, hey, that thing that I don't understand you're doing, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's just, it's hilarious to me. That's it's the funniest thing hilarious. about it. I mean, nobody understands a thing of what he's doing, and they're all like, that that thing that I have no idea what you're doing, but you're doing it wrong. I mean, that's like the whole thing with the tariffs. I even heard Mark Levin yelling, which, when does Mark Levin not yell? But I heard Mark Levin yelling on a show the other day about how the tariffs with uh, Canada and Great Britain and, you know, Mexico were going to be this terrible thing. And I'm like, if he's using them as a negotiation tool, they're not going to be a terrible thing. Because it's, it's no different than what you said. Some of these deals that we're talking about haven't been looked at since, like, 1960s. And I think it's time that we take a look again because the economies have changed. Things have shifted. We, we, exactly. need, we need to make sure that we're getting, I mean, you know, if they want if they want our stuff, they'll work with us. If they don't, meh. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm I think it's listen. Here's here's what I love. Like uh, we are completely self sufficient now when it comes to to oil and coal and solar, and we are on our own two feet. The rest of the world could really have a, a really bad time of it, and we would be okay as Americans. And that I tell you what, man, my head hits the pillow and I sleep like a baby. I love being self sufficient. 
And I think that goes to uh, – it's like a conservative thing. Like I, I totally dig the Amish. A lot of people make fun of the Amish. I got nothing but love for them. You know how well those people have to sleep knowing that like they have their own food. They don't need the electricity. They, if, they want, uh, if they want pork chops, they can kill a pig. If, if, if their car breaks down, they ride their horse and buggy. They don't have to worry about – well, not anything. But they don't have to worry about our stupid beliefs. I tell you what, they're not worried about the price of Bitcoin. They're just I, – I love the idea of being self-sufficient. And I, and I do think <clears throat> some some uh, uh, English lady was on uh, talking about uh, you know the the steel and the aluminium and this has nothing to do with America's uh, national security. I'm like, yes, it does have. It has everything to do with our national security. We were down to like one supplier for steel for submarines that we need one. And if that company goes out of business, what are, what are we going to do? Go to go to Russia and go, hey, you guys, could you hook us up some steel? We 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 want to build some more subs. And all of a sudden, they're like, no, we're out. We have no more left. We gave all to Iran. Like, if you can't see why we would need more than a handful of companies that make quality steel that we can use, uh, you know, for our, for for submarines and quality aluminium that we can use for our aircraft and spacecraft, you're you're high. You are high, English lady. Like we, we get, we have to have our own. We have to be self-sufficient. And this, and it's this is I, I'm totally off the rails here. I'm totally off the rails here. But it's one of the things that I don't like about Monsanto. And, you know, and their corn stuff. Like I, I don't like that they, they've like genetically modified corn where you can't grow it from the corn that you grow. If you get a Monsanto uh, and you get one of their uh, corn kernels and you're like okay this is the official monsanto corn i'm gonna plant plant this and grow it i don't think the corn that you grow will grow new corn it's like genetically engineered to be like one generation of life you have to go to monsanto to get more corn that is insane that is insane that's like jurassic park levels of insane like all of a sudden you you figured a way to make corn not grow you're high stop it stop it right now i Monsanto, I'm sure, has done a, done a lot of great stuff, but I, I think we can we need several varieties uh, of corn to thrive and do well. And corn should just make more corn. I don't like having uh, genetic off switches. This could be a complete conspiracy theory. Uh, these are not the opinions of uh, Kung Fu Rick or the Liberty Gimlet. This is me just talking on like three hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean you have, you have a point though. I mean, think about it. Even if that is true, what what's going to happen three or four generations of corn later when suddenly the off switch just says, "Oh, we've now propagated with the rest of your corn, so now it all has an off switch." Exactly. This is it's like I go. It's Jeff Goldblum. Uh, life will find a way. These uh, the, this corn was here before us, and if we're not careful, uh, it the corn after. will be here long after us. That was my horrible Jeff Goldblum impression. But yeah, Actually, it, was I, pretty, I, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'm working on it. And ooh, ooh, here's the new one. I'm doing stand up tonight at uh, the Brea Improv. They got a brand new comedy club. The uh, the Orange County Register is coming down. They're going to be taking photos of me on stage, telling jokes, telling, uh, uh, you know, showing off the the new club and all the stuff. And I'm going to whip out my new. I can't do Donald Trump very well, but I can do Christopher Walken. So everything I do is going to be uh, Christopher Trump. Now, Samantha B says all this. She doesn't get fired. But Roseanne, she's gone in a heartbeat. Bob Iger, why didn't you send me an apology? <laughs> I think it's going to be great. I just want to do That's Trumpisms. I, I think it's it, – and I tell you, more people would like Trump, I think, if he, if he sounded more like Christopher Walken. I tell you – Mexico, they're not sending the best people. A lot of them are criminals. They're bad people. The animals. The rapists. <laughs> I'm gonna do it tonight. I'm gonna do it tonight on stage. Just oh make, my god! So make, anyway, just make sure you end with you know. Just make sure you end with you know what America needs. America needs more cowboy cowbell. And no, I cannot do Christopher <laughs> Walken, so I won't even try. <laughs> No, that was that was a good that was a great idea, and I'm going to write that down. I'm going to do it. We're going to make America great again with more cowbell. <laughs> I got a fever to make America great again with more cowbell. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. 
so anyway, um, this is, I'm going to use the uh, Monsanto corn uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy rant because it, it is like Jurassic Park. I really believe that life will find a way. The weird stuff, the scientists, I, I'm always worried about what these knuckleheads are doing. That's how we got the killer bees, right? Some guy uh, took a bunch of African bees and he goes, I want to study them, but I want to study them in South America. And a bunch of scientists said, no, that's not a good idea. They might get loose. And the guy's like, dude, they're not going to get loose. And then they got loose. And now you have uh, Africanized killer bees that are just going everywhere. It, it bad things happen. I'm a, I'm a total uh, Jeff Goldblum about this. Uh, it'll find a way. The corn won't grow. We're gonna have to go faster. Drive faster. The new <laughs> Jurassic Park. The new Jurassic Park movie uh, is coming out. And let me tell you this, uh, Kung Fu. I got I got no interest in seeing this. I got zero interest. Like there's nothing. Like what? What are we gonna see that we haven't seen before? Literally. Yeah, oh, it's a T Rex, yeah. and oh, it's a Velociraptor. Like, like literally, the first Jurassic Park came out like 25 years ago. That was shocking. When that when that when that uh, T Rex attacked the Jeep with with Jeff Goldblum and those guys in it, and it's ripping off the tire. That was so realistic. It was shocking. Like I can't believe they're still making Jurassic Park movies. It's it to me. It's just it's utterly boring yeah utterly boring do you have any plans on seeing jurassic park no not the newest one um i lost interest after the last one because it was basically just a rehash of everything and i'm, I'm getting really really tired of re- oh uninteresting reboots like they keep rehashing and oh now chris pratt look at that he's the velociraptors uh alpha and he has a special connection no nobody has a special connection to a reptile nobody nobody I'm yeah. sorry. It just doesn't happen. Unless you're lunch. Exactly. And then you have a special connection. You have a connection between the Velociraptor's mouth and your torso as it rips you in half. Have you seen Star Wars? Have you seen uh, the Han Solo movie? I have not had a chance to see it yet. I've been pretty slammed lately, so I have not had a chance to get there. Um, I have heard both positive and negative things about it, so you don't have to worry about spoilers because I have friends who ru- ruin things for me, so feel free. <laughs> 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 I have those kind of friends. They're I like, will. oh, it's great. You should go see it. And this happened and this happened. And I'm like, I just told you I haven't seen it. They're like, oh, my bad. It's it's too funny. It, like uh, on, on the, the Loftus Party YouTube channel, and I'm going to keep doing this. Like, And it's probably not helping that I, that I go from uh, jokes about politics and all of a sudden I'm doing a review of Star Wars and people are like, I'm sure they're confused w- when they see it. But like one of the biggest reactions I got was like I did this video about uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi sucked uh, and Disney knows it and here's the proof. And then I used the trailer for the Blu-ray release as the proof. So I have very strong appealings about it, uh, uh, strong feelings. Here's the deal. Uh, I was going to do a review of Han Solo last week. So I I went out and I saw the movie uh, and – Here's the problem. Like, you have to have a strong opinion about something, I think, to do a good review. Otherwise, it's like, why do I want to go out of my way to do, like, a, like a mediocre review of a me- – and that's, to me, uh, what Solo was. It was okay. It was good. It was good. The kid who plays Han Solo did a good job. Uh, Chewbacca, that was good. The story, that was good. <laughs> like – it's not – there was nothing – there was like one thing that kind of got under my skin, uh, and it's a huge spoiler, but I don't want to ruin the movie for you. They made one kind of like – I felt like a, like, a, like a social justice uh, choice. They reveal this one character. I've already heard uh, it, so you, you know, like, as well uh, go ahead. If, okay. <laughs> However, when you think about it as a writer – it actually makes sense. Like when this girl's, there's this villain chasing people around. Here we go. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler for Han Solo. There's this villain that's chasing people around. And then at the end of the movie, in the third act, uh, Han Solo has to make a choice. Who does he give the stuff to? The the bad guys that he knows or this villain that's chasing him around? And the villain chases him around, uh, takes off the helmet, and it's this young uh, freckled-faced girl. And she says, all of these people who are in my gang their lives and their planets have been ruined by the Empire. We have had enough, and we are going to start fighting back. We really need that stuff you have. Please consider giving it to us. 
And, you know, Han Solo does. And I'm like, of course it's a girl. Of course it's a freckled face girl. However, that is – I know they're trying to do a social justice warrior thing. But as a writer, if you're writing that, you're like you, – you'd want it, – it's more it's – a, it's, a, it's a good storytelling choice in my opinion – to have someone, and this is like not what feminists aren't going to like me like me for this. The person who started the rebellion against the empire, I like that it was a a little girl, uh, like a a defenseless, a defenseless, vulnerable, freckled faced little girl got screwed over so bad by the empire that even the most petite little defenseless flower goes, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to get some friends together and we're going to fight back on this. So while they tried to make a social justice point, they was actually really old school. It was it was old school that this little freckle faced red haired girl's like, Come on, fellas, let's fight the Empire together. And you're like, Wow, if that if that little defenseless flower can do it, I guess I can too. So it's like they attempted to do a social justice warrior thing, but it really wasn't. Uh I liked the movie. I'll get it when it comes out on Blu-ray. I liked the I liked the Kessel Run. I liked the little jokes. I liked that Han Solo shot first. Ron Howard went out of his way to do a scene where some guy is talking smack and Han Solo just shoots him. That was uh, that was joyous. That was wonderful. My only beef with the movie, uh, really, it's it's hard to put Han Solo in any danger because you know he lives. You know, it's like, oh, how's he going to get out of this fix? That's tough. And the beginning of the movie was dark. Like the first like 20 minutes of the movie, I watched it in 3D and I'm looking at it and I'm like, are my glasses messed up? Am I seeing this right? But it was like, and I've heard it from other people, I guess for whatever reason, uh, maybe they wanted it to be dark, but, but it's like, literally, it's like I had a hard time seeing the movie. I'm like, what is that a, what is that a slug lady? Is that like a big centipede crawling out of a hot tub what the okay yeah i guess it is it's like so you're playing catch up with everything the girl from game of thrones who i'm i'm a, i'm totally hot for khaleesi she did all right it's like the whole movie it was like yeah that was all right and so how bad how bad was it how bad did that movie have to suck for disney to go uh we better get ron howard in here so ron howard had to work his ass off to get it to eh, that was all right it was fun they uh, they didn't hurt the franchise. They helped the franchise. Star Wars: The Last Jedi is still uh, the big thorn in my side. That's the one that is just horrible and needs to be removed from Star Wars canon. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, it wasn't great, but I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, some of it was like really really cheesy, like the whole long sp- astral projection hell, <laughs> dude. Have you seen my video? Have you seen my video? Yes, I've seen your video. <laughs> okay. I do I do a step-by-step breakdown. The movie was horribly written. The plot was junk. Uh, it was, oh, and I, I, I literally, I don't want to get started. I don't want to get started because it'll just ruin the rest of my day. Well, oh, I, here's a joke. Can I give you my right spot on that real quick, though? Because, you know, I, sure, I, don't, sure. I don't know if you've seen it, but... Uh, Hamill and I have actually gone back and forth on Twitter a few times, so my bright spot was his character. Whoa, 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 <laughs> Kung Fu. Slow down. You went back and forth with Mark Hamill? Yeah, they actually made me delete some of the tweets by the time we were done, so I don't have any proof of it. But... <laughs> Kung Fu Rick with a third act twist. We're, we, we have like 10 minutes left in the show. What happened? I didn't know this. It was actually one of those times when he was all over uh, Donald Trump and talking smack. And I'm like, dude, nobody even knows who you are anymore other than Luke Skywalker and the voice of the Joker. And he's like, listen here, I, you don't even you, you you know who I am. Everybody else knows who I am. I'm like, dude, nobody's heard of you in forever. The last thing I saw you in was Wing Commander 3, the video game. Ooh, that had to sting. Yeah, that had to sting. And then I and got, he's and he's writing you back. So it, it obviously it hurt his feelings because he's yeah. writing you back. And then I and then I got in trouble and they made me pull the tweets and I was sad, but it was fun. So the bright spot for me was the fact that his character died because I enjoyed that. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So it was personal for you. This wasn't about storytelling. This was like ha ha ha. 
we got you, Hamill. Yeah, at least now I know I don't have to put up with him in Star Wars anymore, except for maybe he's like a blue flashing guy standing next to Yoda or something. It's too funny. Uh, Fox News, they have my appearance this morning, and they've cut it up into a bunch of tweets, and they, they tweeted it out. God bless them. I'm so happy. And And this one has like a thousand retweets and tons of likes and all the replies like just going down the line are just so mean. They're just so mean. These people like, who are you? You're a has been. You're a who are you're you're a nobody. Not even a has been like a nobody. And this one guy went out of his way to go. Oh, yeah. The guy who was uh, an extra on a on a episode of CSI is going to tell the real comedians and it's like it, you don't even know you, you like literally you you don't even know what I'm, you're talking about you have no you have no idea about my career uh but I'm, and I'm not going to I'm not going to list my resume here cuz I'm I'm comfy enough but it's like wow uh, they really it's they have to go is can I just make a good point like well, I don't care if I'm, I don't care if I'm not even a comedian. If I make a good point, if I'm on Fox uh, News and I'm like, "Wow, you've got all these shows from one point of view. Shouldn't there be another show from another point of view?" It seems to me these people are just preaching to the choir. They're shouting insults at a group of people that already believe them. They they instantly go to a personal attack. But nobody, but, but, nobody but, is talking about the substance of what I said. But that's the problem because you, you hit a nerve because you made points. The other guy just said collusion and he tweets. Oh, I've never met that dude before, that black dude. But man, he had the most infectious laugh. If you look at that clip, I'm smiling the whole time because oh, dude, that dude, first of all, he wasn't making he wasn't making a lot of points. So when you're in a, when you're in a debate and you're like, okay. Easy money here. I got the I got the facts on my side, and I got some comedic skills. But that dude had a great laugh. <laughs> he had a he had an infectious laugh. He was a, he, he was the classic example. The classic example of yeah, I don't like Trump. Why not? Oh, it's the tweets. Well, wh- what tweet in particular? Oh, it's the stuff he says. Well, what I don't you know the stuff. It's all the it's all the stuff. Well, I mean, that's like, you know, I, I don't tell anybody where I work and I'm I, at the day job and I'm not going to do that now. But I do work around some incredibly, incredibly liberal people. Um, one of them actually is all over my personal Facebook all the time making comments. And I finally just let them have it with both barrels the other day. And I said, here's the thing that you don't seem to understand. I don't care that Samantha B said nasty things on her TV show. I don't care that Roseanne said nasty things on her Twitter account. What I care about is the fact that if businesses are going to decide that they have to regulate free speech, they have to regulate free speech for everybody, not just for the people that they don't agree with. Otherwise, it becomes not regulation, but discrimination. And of course, they, yes. haven't, they haven't replied in like three days, so I'm pretty sure I won't. Oh, boy. It's, it's, it is, uh, it's, eh, it's going to sound trite, but it, it's crazy right now. It's crazy. Uh, and I don't want to sound like, uh, even more of a tinfoil hat guy, you know, because I, I did the whole Monsanto rant, but it's like, this has all the hallmarks and I wish I could get my, some of my friends, uh, to stand back and just try to take an objective look at it. Try to see things the way, uh, I see, I see it. It's like every, pretty much, uh, I would say 90% of of the television media uh, leans to the left and has something, and you can't help it. it it's not, I, I don't I don't think that there's some big uh, boardroom, some giant globalist uh, Illuminati boardroom that says on this episode of The Flash, make sure they do a you know, like that doesn't happen. Here's what it is: you you have creative people, you have uh, artistic minded people. And for the most part, they kind of lean to the left. It's a it's an it's an emotional thing. Taking taking a chance, whether it's acting or singing a song or telling a joke, that's an emotional thing, and, it, and it's emotional risk. So I can see why a bunch of like super talented artists would lean to the left. They would they would just be liberal. That's that's just it's going to happen. That's just you know fate or, or statistics or whatever. So when those people are all running the television shows and the networks, you can see 
it's it can't help but lean to the left. It can't help but lean to the left. And someone needs to get in there and go, hey, we might be leaning too far to the left. Maybe we should uh, come up with some options here. You know, and so they, they gave us the Roseanne show, you know, and, and Roseanne's a funny show. And it was huge. It was huge. If you count the DVR numbers, you're talking about like 25, 27 million people a week. Now, when something's that successful and look at look at the ratings for Fox News, they're huge. They they dominate cable news and CNN has lost a third of their viewers. They're they're way down. MSNBC is down. And I'm happy about that. I'm happy about it because they're not doing news. They're they're, they're doing propaganda. So if you just look at uh, basic capitalism and free markets, why aren't there five more shows like Roseanne? pro-Trump shows on the air like right now? Why aren't there three or four news channels like Fox on the air right now? And it's because the people who run the stuff, they don't like us. They think we're dumb and they don't want us to get our message out. And that is the scary, scary thing. That is the scary thing. Well, it's because they'll lose control if we get our message out. That's one of the reasons why they, they demonize anybody that has a chance to get the message out. One of the things, and honestly, if I'd, have, if I'd have watched it before, it might have actually changed the vote that I made in 2016. But I finally got a chance to sit down and watch Dinesh D'Souza's Hillary's America. And I am a history guy. I have taken history apart, put it back together. I said by the time I graduated high school, I had 23 social science credits and I had almost as many in college. Just to tell you how much time I spent doing things like history classes and things like that. But there were things that he was talking about that he actually found documented proof of that have happened within the Democratic Party that I didn't, that even I didn't know. That, you know, the Democratic Party ever since basically its inception has been about taking the rights away from the American people. And it, it's it's in there. If you go look, you can find it. It's, it's crazy, but it's in there. And it, like I said, it, it may have changed my vote in 2016. I'm telling you right now, especially with as crazy as everybody's been acting, I will likely pull the lever for Trump in 2020. It, there would have to be some really damning stuff come to light for me to change my mind at this point just because, I mean, it's like you said this morning, and I've said it before, you, you, can't, root for the, you can't root against the guy that's flying the plane unless you're wanting to smash into a mountain. Yeah. And, and and here's to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but like the 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 quote, the air quote uh, message that I want to get out is like, be the best person you can be. Don't rely on the government. I, I don't want be, because absolute power corrupts absolutely and all that stuff. Governments have a they always get tyrannical. They oh they always get tyrannical. So the message that I'm doing is like, uh, capitalism is better. Entrepreneurship is better. Being the best individual you can be and being an example for the next guy to be the best person that they can be. So maybe when when bad things happen to you, your buddy uh, is is able to help you out and you don't have to rely on the guy. That's what I'm talking about. Like uh, like I, I haven't seen Hillary's America. And, and I'm and frankly, I, I'm Dinesh D'Souza got pardoned and I'm happy about it. I'm really happy about it. I don't know all the facts in the case, but. Like how bad can it be? Let's let's uh, let's pardon let's pardon Martha Stewart too. She got she got, that chick got railroaded. But it's like I'm not like on like some anti uh, like liberal anti like I'm all about there's there's on some of this stuff there's a good chance I'm wrong, you know. But I, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. I I honestly believe that the the right-leaning people in this country, it's just a better idea. You, you know that socialism fails. You know it. How can you keep steering uh, towards it? That's the thing where, you know, I, I, I get fr frustrated. Like, how can, oh, you know what we should do? We should, we should nationalize health care. That'll be great. And you're like, really? Have you, have, you, have you been to the veterans' hospitals? Have you seen what happens when government's in charge of health care? There's no way this ends good. But, There's but, no way socialized But, Michael, true socialism has never been tried before. That's the answer I get on. I know. That's the, that's the one you always get. No, they didn't do it right. That wasn't real. That wasn't real. That wasn't. Anyway, that's, that's, this is a great way to wrap up the whole show. That's, that's the message I'm trying to, to, to get out there. That's what I'm trying to do with comedy, and I'm trying to do it with, uh, with, with media and, and everything else. But it's like uh, I think people are inherently good. 
We should try to be the best people that we can be. That way we can help out our fellow man if he needs it, get him or her back on their feet, uh, and and we all benefit. And then like when you have capitalism, some guy's like, boy, I wish I could invent a product that everybody would want and I'd sell it for a price and I could make a little dough, but they'd get something of value. That's how you get iPhones. That's how you get uh, you know, personal computers and laptops. That's how you get Elon Musk. That's how you get, uh, you know, brand new spaceships that work better. That's how you, it gives us a better chance to survive as a society, like as, 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 as a species for crying out loud. So anyway, uh, that's the show. I am uh, so happy, dude, that, that you are with us. Kung Fu Rick. We, are, we had a good time. I'm going to make everybody gotta, start calling gotta, me that. I'm, I'm not even playing. <laughs> say what? I'm going to make everybody start calling me that. I'm not even playing. <laughs> That's a, it's a great name. We got the Liberty Gimlet and Kung Fu Rick. I, I am digging it. So uh, that's the show. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna hop in the shower and I'm gonna drive to uh, Brea this evening. It's about an hour away. I'm gonna do a stand-up show at the brand new Brea Improv. Uh, by the time you hear this, uh, it, it, it's over. It's over. So you got. Follow me on Twitter. You gotta go to the Facebook page. You gotta do the Instagram thing. I'm, dude, I'm paying more attention to Instagram. Starting to have some fun. Starting to have a little fun there. Uh, and then you'll know about these uh, stand-up events and all the breaking news and all great things uh, from the Loftus Party and the LoftusParty.com. You guys are awesome. I love you. I think the Pilates is paying off. That booty's looking juicy. Sun's out, buns out. I will see you next week. 